Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Valiant Comics 2015 uh, series, Bloodshot Reborn, Volume 1, Colorado, Collecting Issues 1 to 5 of that series. Let's begin. Hello. Let's have an old chat. That was alright, Ben. You did a good Pulled job there, I felt. I, I froze a little bit there in the middle, Michael, but I'm okay now. I'm Very okay good. now. So... Ben, we read a bloodshot. Reborn. Reborn. Ben, this was based on an internet suggestion. Yes. Somebody on the Reddit. It's yeah. not the Reddit, but you get the idea. Um, gave us an L shout out. Told us that uh, Ben may have been a little bit unfair. As you on, often are. Uh, no, I don't think that's true. Don't know who would say that ever. But fair enough. <laughs> um, and he said, give it, give, give, give Valiant the, uh, to go. 2015 reboot by Jeff Lemire ago. And we said, all right. Jeff Lemire, Ben, of course, our first returning uh, author on yep. Collecting Issues. Round two, wrote to sender, wrote this. Ben, before we go anywhere, go on. tell me and the listeners, imagine, Ben, that we're idiots. And we've I never... don't have to do that with you, Michael. Oh, that's very good. That's a bit mean. Imagine that we've never heard of either Bloodshot or Valiant and tell us, give us a little bit of background about who is he, what, what's he about, what does he want? What's Cast it? your mind, Michael. Yeah. Cast your mind back yes. to 1992. Okay. Guns. I'm there, yeah. Pouches. Pouch, yes. Testosterone. Yes. And that's pretty much Bloodshot. Um, he's a big gun-wielding super soldier, but he's not one of the good super soldiers. Right. He's one of the nasty boys. Um, he's one of the ones they get to do all the, the dirty work. He's a wet work specialist, right. Michael. A wet work specialist. Don't type that into the internet. Um, it'll go terrible places. But imagine Wolverine and the Punisher got together yeah. and sang, what's love got to do? Okay. Got to do I'm imagining that. And then you would get this super soldier who was created through nanites, which was a big buzzword in the 90s. Uh, a lot of 90s superheroes are based for, uh, on nanites. Yeah, yeah. They're, not, they're nanite based. A lot of Valiant Comics superheroes are based on nanites. Are they? Um, the same with anything from Wildstorm at that time. Mm. A lot of nanites. A lot of nanites doing a lot of work. Nanotech. Oh, a lot of nanites in the 90s. Never came to fruition. Nanites are not a thing. Uh, they will be they maybe Uh, but anyway he's very much uh, the weapon x of valiant comics he was part of a project called project rising steam a a shadowy government rising it's not rising steam rising steam (laughs) (laughs) it's not rising steam it's rising spirit sorry it's project Project rising Rising steam like (laughs) a like a hot footpath after a rainy morning project rising steam um but anyway he is kind of uh, super soldier extraordinaire. He mm-hmm. can heal from any wound. He's got minor shape shifting abilities. Nothing huge. Ma- no mass changing, mm-hmm. but definitely visual appearance changing. Okay. Uh, nanite abilities. Uh, expert hand to hand combatant. Loves yeah. a gun. Yeah. Um, and he's a bloody murder machine. He's as white as you can get. He's he's as white as a ghost with a big red blood dot. For and bloodshot. Is, is that blood? Um, it seems to be. It seems to be where the nanites kind of spill out of when they have to do something, or okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. He can interact with machinery. Look, he's pretty much. I never thought there was a character that would perfectly exemplify everything wrong with nineties comics. But that's him. Ah, uh, hey, come on, that's now. him. So that's why we got. That's why we got the recommendation to see this one because, according to the person who recommended it, it was a good kind of reboot of the character to take a look for the modern era. Yeah, so we decided to take a look at it. Um, and this, the kind of basic synopsis of this series was that um, Bloodshot has been denanited, right, um, by his former now, flame. Again, Ben, sorry to interrupt you. He, we often end up in a situation like this where we're looking at a book, and I have no bloody idea of the backstory. Was he denanited in the comics, 
Or are we starting here in media res and we're to imagine that he was denominated before? No, he was denominated in the comics. Valiant Comics run, like many companies, um, suffer from canon fever, where many things lead on from many other things. And yeah. you do actually have to be quite familiar with the comic and its history to really understand. It doesn't really stop the whole thing. Basically, we're looking at a broken man here. Um, he did have the nanites. He was very superpowered. Um, his flame... His lady yeah. flame, his lady geomancer, yeah. perished. Oh, but no. upon perishing, yes. um, removed the nanites from his blood because mm. she's a master of all things earth-based and because Metals nanites are, are made from of earth. metal, yeah, that makes um, sense. Can, be, can be removed. It was her dying act. It was her dying act to erase the nanites, to, get, to let him be a man once more. Now, Ben, I'm going to jump in, in there and I will say that although that is explained in the book, I had heard of Bloodshot before we read this. This is the first thing I've ever read with Bloodshot in it. Yes. And yeah. I did not feel that there was a weight of having to know everything that happened before in this comic. Mm. I did. I didn't. Fair enough. I thought that it was perfectly clear. I mean, there is a certain amount to it where you have to be familiar with the tropes and ideas of comic books. The tropes. You wouldn't give this to someone and say, as their first ever comic book, and go, here, read this. No, you wouldn't. But I'm more than familiar with the idea of characters being depowered oh yeah no it's and a classic superhero trope it's a classic trope and especially superpowers superheroes being depowered as a kind of last sacrificial act of a loved one or something that's like that that's probably why I found it tough to read Michael because I've seen it a million times before Ooh, uh, but thanks. anyway we'll get to that in a second so this centers around basically his life post post nanite oh uh, well it's a little bit post 9-11 as well there's, there's a lot of themes that we're going to take a look at today Michael and uh, he's a broken man. Yeah. And things go wrong. And it turns out the nanites yeah. are out there acting the mick. Okay. Not you. Not me. That's my but, name. But acting, acting the bollocks. Um, <laughs> and, um, they're out there doing some stuff. And he realizes, I'm the only one that can bear this curse. Right. And he has to go and he has to, to collect all the nanites and put them back in his bod. It's... Uh, if this was brought out in the 80s, it could probably be used to describe the AIDS epidemic and the fear of AIDS and blood transfusions and stuff like that. You think? There's, there's some very grotesque body stuff going on there. I'm not Go a on. big fan of it. Um, but the way that he has to re-kind of re-simulate, re-absorb. Um, reabsorb the nanites is he has to murder the person who's currently being controlled by them mm-hmm. and their blood seeps out of them and into him. Well, the nanites seep out of them and into him. Yeah, but it's blood. It's okay. done through blood. Well, it's name's Bloodshot. Yeah, I don't like it. It made me uncomfortable. I don't. I don't like blood, blood stuff. Okay. Why did you read like a comic it. called Bloodshot if you don't like blood stuff? The internet told me to. <laughs> the internet told me to, Michael. But that's the basic uh, central point of the plot. There are there are many themes running throughout the the comic book, Michael. Um, I think one of the ones that you accurately kind of mentioned there is it's a very post nine eleven world. Oh, I was um, doing a joke, but okay, go on. Well, it is. It's a very uh, terror suspect. Who's the real terrorist? Is domestic terrorism an issue? Do we have to tackle that? The answer to all of the above questions is yes. Most um, of the baddies that he comes across are kind of American stereotypes. Yes, they are various American stereotypes for, I suppose, mm-hmm. what you would call the degenerate class of America. Yeah. Your drug addicts. Yeah. Your, your unabombers. Yeah. Your... I don't know your cinema mass shooters. Yes, um, there is a lot of that. All it's, right, it's a very, it's a very critical look at America's current climate. Mm. I would have thought. I would have thought. Clearly, things have been weighing on Mr. Jeff Lemire's mind. Sorry, we should have mentioned that Jeff Lemire wrote this, and he did it with the artist Mi- Miko Suyan. Give, give, give us that. Um, yeah, Miko Suyan, and it's an interesting read, Michael. Um, for me, there was nothing in it 
that sets it apart from any other comic that I've read. Um, right. It's very 90s. Um, I think often to its detriment. I think it struggles to get away from the likes of Wolverine. I think it struggles to set itself apart from the likes of Punisher War Journal. Um, had had it not been for the fact that the Punisher series came out after this, yeah, I would have thought that it was directly inspired by that. Perhaps the Punisher series was directly inspired. Are you by talking that. about the Punisher TV series? Yes, the Netflix series. The first season or the second season? Probably second season more than first season. There is a lot of similarities in the first part of the Punisher TV series the to second this. series of the Punisher to this there's there's the whole back alley motel setting yeah there's the tortured man in back alley motels in a trench coat with guns who's a killer and he ends up with a charge to look after that he doesn't necessarily want to he's given the opportunity to white knight there is that and there is yeah, I mean, uh, it's got all of the same settings. It's got dingy motel bedrooms. It's got shacks. It's got local cop stations. Bizarrely ripped men. Bizarre. Well, I don't think there was a lot of rippedness in Punisher, but it does have a lot of shirtless men. It has a lot of um, monocolor lit bathrooms. Which I'm not necessarily against in terms of thematic uh, story representation. But... I don't know. I felt it was very, very shoehorned. There's a lot of tropes being stuffed into one comic here, Michael. Go um, on. So I think we've got the child prodigy. Go on. Um, we've got the old Who's versus the child prodigy. Uh, the, two, the child prodigy is the young agent with oh, the, the agent strange is. ability to see events. She can sense traumatic events um, and kind of see them as long as she's in that space. Mm. She seems to it. It it is the. It is the mildly Asperger's autistic child genius. She does have that going um, on, right? Yeah, she has the kind of uneasy intelligence thing, doesn't understand real people. She's watching a mass shooting while eating popcorn, and I think that's supposed to be kind of funny. Watching a mass shooting in a cinema. Uh, watching a mass shooting in a cinema, uh, which is obviously a reference to the Dark Knight shooting uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, a very blatant kind of reference to that. Um, we have the the... You're using blatant there. Blatant is inherently a negative word. Uh, oh, sorry. Do, do it's you mean a, it in a, a clear, way? No, probably a clear reference to the. Was that better? Clear. I'm not saying anything clear. better. I'm just asking um, for clarity on it's your. Probably opinion. clear. A clear reference to the Joker shooting on in during the was it the Dark Knight. I think it was. Yeah, it's probably the Dark yeah, Knight. He dressed yeah. up as the Joker and, and and went to work. Um, and then we have the grizzled veteran cop who won't take no shit from this younger upstart. But gradually learns to respect but her. But gradually learns that, God damn it, I don't like you, but God damn it, if you I get, don't respect you. God damn it, you get results. God damn it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that going on. Um, as you mentioned there, uh, we have the child saviour who makes him see the world in a new light. Well, Ben, look, we only read issue one to five, one to five in this, but it certainly seems to be heading that way. Yeah. There might be an inversion later. There, there might be. There might I, be. I don't know. She seems to, there's 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 a clear foreshadowing there that, that would indicate that she's clearly going to have some negative impact on his life. Mm. He has the classic, God damn, I should have left her in that room. Um, which is a classic noir trope. Um, I should have <laughs> never set eyes on the dame. Maybe I'm, re- maybe I didn't read it very cl- correctly. Maybe I misread it in places. But I always felt that his narration was 
from about five minutes in the future. <laughs> yeah, it does seem to have. It's a like it's a narration that's aware of what happened in the past, but it's not an all-knowing narration. Not like at all. It's being told at the end of the story. Not it's at a, all. It's an interesting choice. There's a, a classic unreliable narrator trope here where he's having visions of uh, two two entities. One is the strange cartoon version of himself, which is shoddy or what's what's the name of that? Blood squirt. Oh, that's a lot of rain. Blood squirt. Thank you. The very terrible name. Um, and Geomancer. So he's, he's having these visions. So there's a classic madness trope. Am I, am I going mad? Can I live with the sins of my past? Um, we have a lot of this going on. There's a lot of things going on in the comic, Michael. Um, and it almost suffers from an overstuffing. Well, hold on a second. Let's, to my let's, mind. Let's unpack some of those things you just said there in rapid yeah. succession. Uh, Blood squirt. Yes. His little kind of impish follower character. The id. Is he... Is he a thing? Does he, he has he existed in previous comics? Or this I don't he... know, Michael. I don't think he has. I think this is a, a new uh, manifestation brought he, about by Jeff Lemire. He is. It is kind of a classic Jeff Lemire madness kind yeah. of multiple personalities situation. Yeah. He is visually the most interesting thing in the comic. Yeah, I think by a mile because he looks like he's from a different type of comic. Yes, it's like an Archie comic or something like this. I hazard a guess that Jeff Lemire may have actually drawn Bloodsquirt. If you're familiar with Jeff Lemire's art style. You think he added him in? I, I No, I think it's an agreement between the actual artist and him. I think Jeff Lemire drew. For, because the the art style is very impressive. It's very in-depth in places. It's, it's kind of um, a real symbol of that very ultra-realistic um, South American art style. Uh, also exemplified by Lieber Mayo and this gentleman here of Spanish origin. I get his name wrong every time. Suave and <laughs> um, definitely got that There's wrong. a real. There is a certain. It, it's very accurate artwork anatomically. Anatomically. Yes, and shading wise, it's very strong. There's, you know, there are a lot of human bodies in it, and they are not very stylized. They look like real people. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the slight disappointments with it, though, for me, was that although it's very anatomically accurate, I don't feel like the characters are consistently rendered. No, because, for example, the lady character Magic, her hairstyle changes from picture to picture, which from from page to page, which is either a sign of madness, or is it a sign that the artist is using a lot of photo reference? I think we have too much photo reference here. I hazard a guess there's a bit of a trace going on. Oh, Ben, that's places. a big accusation. It is make. a big accusation, but it wouldn't be out of character with a company like Valiant who oh often my rushes a production. That's Jesus, Ben. That's, um, but uh, there's also an artist change four issues in. Look at that. There she has a full-on fringe. Yes. Or bangs for our American friends. Yes, yes. And in the next scene, it's completely gone. I think there's a lot of reference happening here, Michael. I think... Um, He's exactly like the Punisher. I think in terms of character design, there's nothing too interesting here. Um, well, Ray Garrison, post-Nanite, is just the Punisher. He's Frank Castle. Go on. Um, and we have seen that version of Frank Castle in a lot of the... Um, in a trench coat with a with a baseball cap. Yeah, it's the ultimate uh, Frank Castle from the Ultimate Comic Series, um, drawn ably by... Oh, I'm not going to remember his name. Never mind. It's drawn very well in the Ultimate Universe because I can't remember his name. Good, but, good podcasting. Um, excellent podcasting, top of the range. I think inconsistency is a, is a thing that plagues a lot of this comic. It doesn't know what it wants to say. I think Jeff Lemire obviously had a lot of these uh, domestic terrorism questions on his mind. Um, who is the real enemy, the enemy within? 
this kind of thing. I think he's obviously trying to play around with a, with a lot of these questions. And I'm not... I don't necessarily think he's doing a great job. <gasps> um, Being your idol and hero, Jeff Lemire. Um, not quite. Um, he has done a wonderful job in other comics. But this is something he's tackling. I think it's a very political comic. Go on. Um, I think it's a very political comic. I think... Um, He's not necessarily drawing the most positive things. I don't like that the most violent character and evil character in the comic book is a black man. He's a gangbanger. Yeah, I don't enjoy that. I'm not sure it was necessary to have this very um, pastiche version of um, a black gangbanger. In well, I mean, the, the depiction of the hick guy living out in the woods also, uh, with very, the confederate flag yeah. and stuff like that he's not the most he's a drug addict well, I think that's what I mean I think there's a lot of subtlety lost here I think Jeff Lemire is picking a, a standard American stereotype and just smacking it into the comic do you think he's saying basically that this is what would happen if the worst of American society got superpowers I suppose I suppose that if he's trying to there's say there's a gangbanger a hick there's, uh, an, there's an inherent question in all of it Michael in the, is that the nanites doing all this because it seems to me that the nanites are a madness virus it, right. it, outside of the but hands he, of Ray Garrison he's the only one who can handle it but can he because he's not sure if Blood Squirt and Geomancer are the nanites affecting his mind but they definitely are aren't they well I don't know there's not enough in this first collection to give us any hint as to whether it is or isn't, whether he's just simply a madden. Um, which is quite possible because he's had such a brutal life. I think the most interesting thing for me is that Bloodshot is gone and he's been left with all these horrible memories. Mm-hmm. Where I think it overdoes things is he sits next to his dossier, which would reveal his entire life to him, yeah. and he refuses to read it every night and drinks himself stupid instead and yeah. does a ton of drugs. Mm-hmm. It's very pastiche. Everything is a stereotype. Everything... Is something we've seen a million times. It's like a bad 80s movie. Do you think, though, Ben, that some of this is because it was made in 2015 and a lot of these things have been repeated since? No, I don't think so. I I, I think... Don't you think that this might have been heavily influential on season two of Marvel's TV, The Punisher? But I don't think it's anything you wouldn't have seen in in Marvel's comic book, The Punisher. I I don't think there's anything unique in this comic. Oh. That we could necessarily say. Now, you are absolutely correct when you say that season two, part one, is heavily influenced. Well, I'm not or, saying it. The, it yeah. It certainly has it's a cer- lot It certainly of, would ring true if that were the mirroring. case. Um, but I, I think it's, it, some of the themes it explores are interesting. But I think what Jeff Lemire has done is he's set up too much for a good investigation of any of those tropes. Like I said, if we're looking at domestic terrorism, if we're looking at this concept, it's not necessarily the hosts to the nanites that are evil mm-hmm. we see in that one panel where the hick with the confederate flag is on the floor saying oh I didn't mean to I didn't I didn't want to and in that case we're not critiquing that way of thinking at all he's a perfectly innocent man who was hijacked by evil robots well are the evil robots a metaphor for virulent thoughts that's maybe, an interesting question maybe Jeff Lemire is a believer in moral relativity yeah, but are the nanites then the the buzz thoughts of the time, or the the pseudo intellectual yeah, ideologies is that, what, that is that what it is run around? It's an interesting question. Thanks, Ben. I I don't necessarily know that it's represented very well. It's hard for us to tell in those five issues. Um, well, that you've stumbled upon a thing there, though. Of the comics that we've read for the podcast, collecting issues, this very podcast that yes. you're listening to now, yes. this one, I think is the first one we've read one by Jeff Lemire we've read uh, Descender and Injection yes and Mr. Miracle mm-hmm. this is the first one 
which didn't feel like a complete story. No, not at all. We are, we are left with far more questions than we come in. Yeah. Uh, one to six might have been more interesting. I don't know. I haven't read six. Um, I haven't either. No, but if they had have collected one to six, it might have been more interesting. Well, I don't know because I haven't read six. Because they pushed a weird interlude there in number five. That, that seems far more like an interlude issue than anything we could actually well I don't know if it necessarily feels like an interlude issue because there's a change of artist no it's, it's not that that did irritate me to death a lot of things irritate you yeah. it, didn't, it didn't irritate you to death Ben you're there I can see you no I died my you're alive back in St. James's Hospital with, with I was nanites. in the neck beard I was in the neck beard ward <laughs> happens quite a lot um, can you not tell from my big red circle no look Michael go on I'm listening it's a tough old comic because uh, one of the things that I posted, if anyone was following the Instagram, I, I put up a little note. Yeah. And I, I gave us a series of questions to take a look at. Um, and one of the things is, do, do comics like this have a place outside of the 90s ben, ultra this comic, macho? This comic won eight Harvey Awards. Why? Nominated for eight Harvey Why? Awards. Why did it win those awards, Michael? Was there anything in this comic award worthy to you? Um, I liked how the, the geomancer who existed in his head looked like Black Widow from Infinity War. Do you think that deserves an, a Harvey Award, Michael? Isn't it? Why does she though? Because this is before that. So did they steal her look? Maybe I, I think this comic might have been more influential than you're giving it credit for. I don't think that's true at all, Michael. I think they're standard stock images. That look at that Black Widow, Ben. Have. Look at her. There's Black Widow from Infinity War. It's not. It's every single sassy 90s female protagonist ever. Oh. I think all of these are stock images that have been traced in some degree. Wow, you've gone. Oh, wow, you've gone really. I, no, gone, but I you, think look at the framing. Look, uh, one of the ones that really annoys me, and I'll show you here. There's a scene where he goes to buy some guns. Yeah, and there's a little, there's a little critique of uh, American gun law in there. Don't think we didn't see it, Jeff. We saw it. He gives the um, man. He gives the man money. Gives the man, the man money, and the man guns. gives him guns. Yeah, um, which is not how it's supposed to work. Um, so a little, little critique there, pushing for some, for some more gun regulation. Jeff, right, go on. That anyway, we're pushing yeah. for. Just take a look at the background and the sky there. Take a look at the cars and the framing. Does that look like fully rendered art in the same style as some of the character shots we see? Yes. Does it? Or does it look no. like somebody slapped colours over reference images and slapped them into a composite scene? I don't know, Ben. It looks like saying? somebody took images and slapped them into a composite scene, Michael, is what it looks like. Is that what um, you're I'm not a big fan taking a big, you're taking of this style. Take a look at the sky there over some, the trees. Well, this, is that not just uh, watercolour? Let's take a look at them. That's oh. not watercolor at all, Michael. That's a digital rendering. So you're saying you don't like this art because it's too reliant on digital. Uh, overly reliant on lots of things. It's in inconsistent, Michael. I don't like inconsistent art. Right. But I'm a snob, so don't listen to me. Look, Ben. Then you probably like the last issue, then issue five. It's a little bit more comic booky. A little bit more comic booky. Very David David Aja inspired. I would have felt. Yeah, there's a touch of that, all right. Yes. There's a touch of the simple line. Yeah, there's a, a Hawkeye-ness to it, all right. Yeah, I would have thought that was very inspired. And we know that that's not copied because Hawkeye came first. I like this art more. The, because it's more comic booky. It's more realistic. Well, it's less realistic. Uh, sorry, it's sorry. It's more suited to the to the genre that it's it's doing. I think you I, have... I disagree. I think the kind of heavy... Heavy render... Is, is this heavy render? That's heavy stuff? render. It I would be neo-heavy render, but yeah. I think that this is quite appropriate for the genre of comic that this occupies. And I really like the contrast between the kind of realistic, shadowy kind of grittiness of the art and, and blood squirt yeah. sticking out like a, Sore like a thumb. little cartoon character. I like that. Yeah, well, then there you go. 
But then again, I do think that he fights Kratos in issues. I think that probably is Kratos. Too, <laughs> yeah, he just fights Kratos. That probably is Kratos. But in terms of character design, not very inspired. Um, in terms of, of storytelling, I don't know if I'm not invested in that character. I don't know if he's a good character. I don't know if he deserves saving. He's done nothing to indicate. He has one moral dilemma when he finds magic. Um, Does magic remind you of uh, Tulip from yeah. Preacher? She's very like Tulip, but an in competent tulip she has a little moment. bit less agency at yeah. the moment but um, I mean even the design of her is somewhat similar this is what I mean again in terms of agency and characters or what's the, she's a real damsel what's the kind of harlequin character from the invisibles oh she has a touch of her about her as yeah. well yeah that's what I mean I think Jeff Lemire is channeling a lot of his a lot of the greats when he's writing influences. this I don't know if Jeff Lemire is just collecting a paycheck we've read other stuff by Jeff Lemire we really love Descender was one that we both enjoyed and certainly didn't lean into tropes in the same way that this one does I don't this is very interesting Ben I wasn't blown away by this but I didn't hate it as much as with oh, as much I, vitriol I, as I, you seem to I hate it with a, a clear vitriol I think hmm. that's interesting vitriol. I think that Bloodshot is a great hero because he is the best hero with a widow's peak. He's, he's a real hero for the balding man. But you don't have a widow's peak. I'm, I'm not talking about me. I have a perfectly fine head of hair. Hmm. I'm just saying he's a good inspiration for the balding man. Well, there's another inconsistency, there. Michael. The nanobots are supposed to heal things at a prime level. So why are they allowing a widow's peak to exist? Surely he would drop back to well, his prime. You're saying that a widow's peak is some sort of flaw there, Ben. Well, uh, it's, a, it's a genetic sign of aging. The I body see. not repairing in the same way. No? No, that's not true. No, not no, true. Look, we're not okay, going to get into Fair that, enough. Though. Look, anyway, we're not here to talk about receding hairlines. Um, there are other interesting things throughout the comic. Um, is is Ray Garrison's fractured identity kind of a mirror to America's fractured identity? Oh. Where do we stand? Are we liberal? Are we Republican? What are mm. we doing? Um, it's a whole thing. Um, I don't know why I did Rex Mason there you towards the end bit. of that. But I did. Go on, go more in depth into that. I'll just um, say that and then move well, on. Well, he's trying to find his place. Are we, I think, really what we look at here is... Is violence the solution? To is violence the solution to our problem? Are we a fractured nation? What are we supposed to do to come together? As we're a not Americans, though. Ben. We're not Americans, but that the comic is firmly American. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a great example of American ambition. It's supposed to be a deconstruction of masculinity in terms of violence, how we do things. Um, despite that, we never see a payoff to Rex Garrison's constant moral questioning when well, it comes down to it. We don't see a payoff in these five issues. But that's what we're reviewing, isn't it? Yes, that's true. Because we're no. not supposed to look outside the five no, issues. No, we haven't looked. I haven't because looked you gave me a whole memo I that I had to read. I haven't looked outside the five issues. But, you know, books, especially comic books, don't necessarily... Uh, this, this to me, is where, where I'm going with this, Ben, is this doesn't feel like it was written for the trade. No. It's written as an ongoing series. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you there. And um, it might actually be better if you were to read, let's say, the first 10 issues. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. The 10 would probably have done us. We should have gone with 10. No, well, look, we, we reviewed what we reviewed, Ben. That's all I'm saying. What more questions do you have there in your little bloody thing? Um, I'm all out of questions now, Michael. I, I don't know. In terms of, you could get in touch with us, ladies and gentlemen, and tell us how you feel about it. Obviously, I'm a snob, um, and I don't tend to like genre-specific things, especially if they're 90s genre-specific. So fucking have at me. Um, tell me what I did wrong. Tell me what I don't get. Um tell me why if if the person who suggested this to us would like to get in touch with us and tell me why I'm being unfair again I would be more than happy 
um, to listen. I probably won't retract any of my statements because I've read it now and that's how I feel about it. And, you know. Ah, um, look, Ben, you're a real flip flopper. I think you, yeah, you, right, if so someone was to present a pretty good argument, you'd retract it pretty quickly. Is that what you're supposed to do when you get a good argument? You're not supposed to reassess your own opinion yeah, and adjust? That's what I'm saying. Just because yes. you don't do it, Michael, doesn't I mean bloody do it all the time. <laughs> I used to think you were quite sound. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fool! You, you, you fool, fool, fool! Ben, leave the leave the listeners with some questions there. Um, so, I think one of the interesting questions that comes up is who's who's re-released the nanobots? Who's responsible? Oh, yeah. What role will Strange Mystic Asperger's Girl play in future issues? Mm. Um, will she come around to Frank or not Frank Castle? <laughs> <laughs> Ray Garrison's way of thinking. Very What's good. going to happen? Um, if you enjoyed this, then you'll yeah. enjoy a lot of Jeff Lemire's work. You might also enjoy it's it's a hyper masculine American narrative, which is a whole genre of fiction in mm-hmm. itself, starting with Hemingway and rolling on down further. Um, you might enjoy uh, you might enjoy. The other uh, hyper-masculine investigation into the male psychology that Jeff Lemire did, which is Old Man Logan. He ran the Old Man Logan Mm. series for Marvel for quite a while, um, where the art, again, is very realistic, but much more stylized and far more to my liking. Um, It's Old Man Logan, and you can just look up the the independent series that he ran. Not Old Man Logan, the Mark Miller. Old Man Logan by Jeff Lemire. If you you liked the kind of fractured mentality... Uh, what's real what's imaginary aspect of it as well you could give Moon Knight a go Moon Knight is a great show good if show you, there. Uh, if you like if you enjoy the if you if you enjoy the setting because bloody hell there's a lot of similar setting if you like the setting yeah. and the atmosphere and the and the colours just watch Punisher season 2 some of Punisher season 1 as well but really particularly Punisher season 2 mm. and especially the first half of Punisher first half of Punisher season 2 Punisher season 2 is almost an adaption of this for for a little bit more look at this kind of tortured, violent man, what do we do in our society? Take a look at Jason Aaron's Southern Bastards. That's a very good look at family and how our family influences the the way that we solve problems and things like that. And being dragged back um, to a culture that you may have left behind, but you're forced to engage in again. Um, it's a very good look at that. You could also take a look at Black Hammer and the way that the character of Emmett, it's Emmett, isn't it? The Captain America paragon. Can't remember. From Black Hammer. Take a look at the way he's represented. It's a very similar thing. Um, Jeff Lemire's got a favourite type of story to tell, and that's it, apparently. And look, um, and if you've read any further into this, tell us, do you think it'll change Ben's mind? Yeah, absolutely. I will read volume two if you think. We'll do a blood Bloodshot Revisited, re- Bloodshot Reborn Revisited, um, and we'll take a look at that. Um, in terms of finishing notes, um, there are some good representations. I love the cover. The cover's a great piece of design. I thought it was a striking cover. Quite enjoyed it. Not quite sure what was nominated for so many Harvey Awards. Um, Did it win any? I don't know. That's the thing. You can nominate lots of things. Doesn't mean you'll win any. Um, I don't think a comic like this has has a place in in necessarily. Um, it could just use a little bit of streamlining. Jeff could have. Well, hold on. Up. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm going to have to interrupt you. There's a very big difference between it doesn't have a place and it could have done with a bit of streamlining. Uh, sorry, it doesn't have a place outside of the 90s. Sorry, I should have finished uh, my sentence. It doesn't have a place outside of the 90s. But prove me wrong. Go ahead. Let us know down below. Let us know what you thought of it. Do you think I'm being completely unfair? I quite possibly am. You usually um, am. Yeah, it's not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, let nanites. us know down below. Um, you can get in touch with us on the Facebook group. You can get in touch with us on... You know what's good? Yeah. The Wildstorm, Volume 1. It deals similarly with kind of nanites and government... Uh, agencies coming out of the woodwork and yeah, it's quite interesting. Back to haunt people, I, I like that. I guess it's give that give that a read. So way. if you didn't like this and it left a poor taste in your mouth, go have a look at that. Go have a look at the Wildstorm volume. We should probably do that on this podcast at some point. It's oh, very good. The Wildstorm volume. We will. We'll yeah, do it eventually. We'll definitely do that. Um, but anyway, guys, 
that's it from us for this week um, if you do have any thoughts or opinions what are we doing in two weeks uh, I don't know what we're doing in two we weeks we didn't figure that out it'll be, it'll be launched we might stick it on as a little tag on here at the end um, and let people know but anyway that's it from us this week let us know your thoughts uh, get in touch with us we're on Sean Rebug as well um, if you want to take a look at any of the YouTube content you're going to have to explain what Sean Rebug is Sean Rebug is our website sorry that's my mistake S-E-O-M-R-A-R B-E-A-G dot com. We have a few complaints about the Irish R. Um, so we fixed it there. You can get in touch with us there. We're on Facebook. Um, and let Mick know what you thought because Mick does all the Facebook stuff. I don't. <laughs> We're on the Facebook. Yes, there's us now Gmail and Michael and Benjamin's podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, absolutely. And Valiant, if you want to sponsor the podcast, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> um, You're going to put this on the Valiant Reddit, Ben? Oh, yeah. You're that brave? Yeah, I am. All right, let's Absolutely. Controversy. There's no such thing as bad press, Michael. Bye. Bye.